Welcome to Globally Speaking, sponsored by RWS Moravia and Nimzi Insights. Are you ready to dive into the most critical issues impacting language and localization today? Globally Speaking is designed to educate, inform, and challenge everyone who is engaged in global communications. Your hosts for Globally Speaking are Renato Beninato and Michael Stevens. Learn more by visiting our website at www.globallyspeakingradio.com. And now, here are Michael and Renato. I'm Renato Beninato. And I'm Michael Stevens. And today on Globally Speaking, we have a contrarian view. The author of Upstream, the everyday observation of the translation industry from an overly critical standpoint. It's a collection of all the articles and presentation written by our guest. He is a person who loves to write and writes long copy and has articles in several blogs. You've probably read some of his articles. And I've always admired the fact that he's against everything. I wore my referee shirt because I thought it may get intense between you two today. Our listeners will have to decide as to whether it was truly contrarian or were there some things where we found common ground. Let our guest introduce himself. My name is Luigi Muzzi. I'm Italian. I'm a, an independent consultant in the field of specialized communication specifically multilingual specialized communication. But I started as a translator, then converted into a localizer, then a terminologist, and again, a company manager, because I was hired by uh, two companies in my life. And then in 2002, I started a career in university teaching, which lasted a decade or so, and uh, finally I got back where I started, and uh, so I get back writing and uh, consulting for uh, customers of the localization industry, mostly for customers who are willing to enter the localization industry or to grow from a technological point of view within the industry, or to a lesser extent for customers who are interested in understanding localization and translation providers because they are mostly, especially in Italy, they are a very peculiar kind of companies. Luigi, you're the first guest to have introduced themselves by their nationality. That's really cool. And it's Just a pity that, that that's, this that's... is not a video interview because you probably will, would be using your hands. I'm Italian, right? And so am I. So... <laughs> Uh, Big deal. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what is impressive what? in uh, Renato is that he almost never says that he has three passports. Right. Never. <laughs> yeah, it's like a spy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Luigi, I've followed you for many, many years. We've become friends over the years. And one of the things that I admire in you is your prolific writing. You're one of the few people in the language space that uh, writes what we call today long copy. You, you write very, very long articles, very w- detailed, well-researched. And what drives you to put so much effort in writing and analyzing the industry? Writing is something that specifically requires accuracy and uh, research 
for everything I'm going to describe or to tell. I'm not storytelling, but I like to see every piece I uh, write as a part of a larger picture, uh, something like a, a tapestry. One of the premises of this collection of writings you have out, uh, you, you start with this idea of uh, selling translation is hard. Yeah. Why is it hard? Because there's a, a, f- a fundamental difference in the way the two sides of a, of a transaction uh, concerning translation are involved. The customers are not interested in how the translation is done. They are only interested in receiving a product because translation, every translation is a product. In itself, it's not a service. On the other side, the uh, translator or the service provider is mostly interested in making the uh, customer understand how the translation is done, the intricacies of the job, and so on and so forth. And so these are two parties that will never get to know each other enough to agree on a common ground, to reach an agreement even on the valuation of service, on the appreciation of the product, and et cetera, and so on. When you are selling translation, you have to use a totally different approach than the usual approach you would be uh, following when selling an automobile or a, a piece of machinery or whatever. It is something that I admire in people who sell translations uh, and translation services because I'm really not capable of doing this. I think of myself as a good negotiator, but definitely not as a salesman. Is this only tied to the commoditization within the industry? Because when I think about ice cream, for instance, um, I have my local supermarket ice cream and I pay a few dollars for a gallon and our family has it after dinner when we're sitting at home. But here where I live, if I want something special, I go out and I pay three or four times as much for gelato because it's a different product, but also there's a story behind the artisan gelato shop in downtown where we go and we sit outside together. Is that something that can help solve that divide between the buyer of localization services and the person who wants to talk about the beauty of the process? Or is it something completely different? There are so many uh, flavors in ice creams that you really have a, a problem in choosing one. I always have the same kinds of ice cream the same flavors. I don't like to change because this is how I can pick the best provider every time. I live in Rome and I can't really say how many uh, ice cream shops we can count in Rome. But I, after many, many years, I now have my two or three spots in, in town to buy the ice cream I like the most. I always buy the same flavors. Let's go into something a little bit more serious. How does ice cream relate to blockchain? We have done a couple of podcasts on blockchain, and I know that you have a very strong opinion about this topic. You have written about it. I recommend our listeners to to read Kirti Vash's blog, the Empty Pages blog, about your opinion of blockchain. Tell us something that we don't know. 
blockchain is really hard to grasp, not only as a technology, even as a, as a concept. You know, the hash behind a blockchain is hard to grasp for people without a, a solid, a sound knowledge of basic maths. It is also something that has to do with the primary function of blockchain. I read on Wired an article about the breach of a blockchain for the weak passwords used by users due to a problem in the engineering of the underlying software. So uh, when you get things much too complicated, you are increasing the risk of violations. I like one of the most quoted quote of Albert Einstein, which is, get things as simple as possible, but no simpler. And blockchain is something that cannot get simpler. It's uselessly complicated. Is that the number one factor that is limiting adoption in the localization industry? Yeah. Yeah, because most of the, yes, because most of the thing we can do with blockchain with regard to selling of translation can be done with a simple distributed database that is easier to understand, even for laymen. Yep, that's interesting because it does seem like the access we have to data within our industry and making it publicly aware and distributed is an achievable goal adding blockchain and some of the measures involved with blockchain like coin offerings and things like that tend to take it to a point where it becomes a hindrance for adoption and for some people even just understanding. Blockchain is an overkill for translation, but this is the, the very simplest explanation. I strongly recommend that people read your in-depth analysis of the flaws when it comes to the way that people look at uh, blockchain in the translation industry. What other topics do you think are being overblown in this industry these days, Luigi? Definitely, uh, neural machine translation is overhyped. Uh, attended a fantastic uh, webinar by our common friend, Kirti, on the metrics uh, for uh, machine translation. This matrix twisted for marketing purposes does not help at all in understanding quality within machine translation. We don't understand quality in translation anyway, but this is a totally different kettle of fish. NMT uh, is definitely a major issue. Another issue is data. There's a, a lot of talk about exchanging data, data marketplaces, and so on and so forth. But the real problem is that we, as an industry, we don't have enough data to be competitive in any aspect with other sources of data. I can't see anyone in the industry that may be interested in getting data from any LSP, not even from the larger ones. The third hype in this industry is innovation. We are still struggling around translation memories, which is a old technology based on an even older technology. I could quote Eugenie Morozov here. We are living in a sort of uh, amelioration orgy. We are ameliorating older and older technologies, and every innovation has been coming from 
outside the industry. We are not keen to innovation. Uh, well, so these are very interesting uh, key points that you bring. I'd like to ask you another question. You educated professionals for the localization industry. There are many of our listeners who are very successful executives in uh, localization departments in large corporations around the world that were your students. In your opinion, after teaching for so long and seeing the results, what is the key attribute for a successful professional in the localization industry? Open-mindedness. You have to have an open mind and never give anything for granted. Why is that important? The simplest example is that you will never have two translations the same, even if they are made by the same person. I can do a translation today, and if I translate the same text, let's say in uh, two months, it would be different. It's the context. The nature of the In the environment, yes. We are constantly under the influences of many, many elements. And this is the most important element of the human mind. This is what allowed us to, as a, as a species, to evolve. This is why we are the dominant species on Earth, because we can always see things in different ways. Experience is the other key element in our lives. Never forget what you learn from experience. We are wise people who are learning from their experience, wise people who are learning from others' experience, and fools that never learn from any experience. We have to rely on experience to grow, to develop, to improve. And uh, this is something that has to do even with uh, machine learning. We have reached the point of making machine learning so strong, such an important uh, development, because we understand, based on our experience, how we can benefit from collecting data and learn from it and mimic this uh, approach through software, through algorithms. So this is what I always try to tell to my students. Keeping an open mind, being ready to learn, constantly learn, and uh, advance that way. And change. And change. Luigi, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. For more Globally Speaking information, you can find us on our website, www.globallyspeakingradio.com on Facebook and you can follow us also on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you like this episode, please think of one friend who might enjoy it and encourage them to subscribe as well. Thank you for listening to Globally Speaking, sponsored by RWS Moravia and Nimzi Insights. You can subscribe to Globally Speaking on iTunes or any number of podcast portals. Check out our other episodes on globallyspeakingradio.com, where you can find transcripts from every show. We'd like to hear your comments, suggestions, and feedback. So please visit us online at www.globallyspeakingradio.com.